and that's part of community. Yeah, 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 she says. Absolutely. Um, and so that's part of community, and that's actually what our message is all about today. As we looked, as I looked at, okay, second birthday, what do we talk about? Like, what, what, what do we talk about, God? Like, celebration and all that. But really, we've invited you guys on this two-year journey of being in community. And God gave us a very specific mission to go out in the community, to, to meet the community where they were at. He was actually really specific with us that we weren't to be uh, on this huge evangelistic push for the first two years because the community didn't know that they could trust God. They didn't know God. And, and the first two years, we were just supposed to be continually present, letting everyone know that they were seen and known and loved by God. But as we, and in that, of course, it was always an invitation to Jesus, always Jesus at the center. As we transition from our second year into our third year, there's this greater desire to very specifically invite people into Christian community, to continue to meet them where they are, to continue to show up and create safe spaces like safe spaces on Friday night. There were three empty seats. There were 87 elementary school family members here in this room Friday night. We met them where they were. Pastor Mary and the volunteers created a safe space for them. But it's more because the ultimate safety comes in Jesus. And if we're going to talk about Christian community, and if we're going to ask you guys to invite others into Christian community, then we have to be solid on why we do what we do. Why Christian community? Now that we're stopped feedback, I'm going to get back where I belong or I'll be in trouble. Um, <laughs> and so why Christian community? Why is it so important? Why does the world need Christian community right now and not just community? I mean, what's wrong with gym community or soccer mom community or whatever, work community, military community, which is the closest thing to a faith-based community that I've ever had the privilege to be a part of, Right. I want to give you some current statistics from some 2022 studies. 58% of adults in the U.S. suffer from loneliness. By the way, heavy social media users, 73% of them suffer from significant loneliness in their life, where only 52% of people who use the media, social media a little bit suffer from loneliness. I tell you it's not okay that 52% of the adults in our country suffer from loneliness when we should be more connected than ever before. 47% of millennials feel that their relationships are not meaningful. 58% feel like no one knows them well. More than half of millennials in our country believes that nobody knows them well. I'm not okay with that. Are you okay with that? 25% of Americans feel like they don't have anyone they can consider a close confidant. And while study after study after study show that humans need to be connected, need to be in community, less and less people are. Loneliness in our culture fuels everything from depression to addiction to death. As a matter of fact, jo Johan Hari says that the opposite of addiction isn't sobriety. It's human connection. Our hearts so crave to be connected in community that when that is absent, there's significant cost. 
The National Library of Medicine consolidated all these studies with over 50,000 subjects that were vetted. And I don't know how they came up with this statistic, but it is, it is a peer-reviewed study that determined that loneliness increased mortality by 26%. Yeah, that statistic hit me pretty heavy too. Like, it's a life and death matter. Because we weren't created for isolation, we were created for community. It's what God tells us in the very beginning in Genesis as he gets to the end of every day and he's made all the plants and he says it's good and he's made all the animals and he says it's good and he's done all the things and he says it's good and he created Adam. And he said it's not good for man to be alone. It's no surprise to me that the greatest commandment Jesus gives us is love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself because that's created creating community and connection with God and with others. And yet, church, if we're honest, today in 2022, people are leaving the churches in droves. The place that they ought to find the safest, most meaningful, most significant relationships that they have outside of their families, their immediate family and marriage with other humans, they're, they're not flocking to, they're running from. And we have to be honest and ask ourselves, why? Why are the numbers of de-churched, unchurched, and just plain done-churched? Like, done-churched, not done-Jesus, just done-church. Because they don't trust the church to be Jesus' people. <laughs> because too many churches have been defined by everything but Jesus. Too many churches have been defined by their denomination, by one or two political issues, by politics in general. Too many churches have been defined by one piece of our faith instead of, instead of Jesus. They've been divided by race and ethnicity and class, socioeconomic status and education. We visited a church one time down in Tampa many years ago, and it was very obvious with all the suits and the doctors. <laughs> Us little enlisted people, we just did not belong. Like, they made it clear. And that's not, that's not the way of the church. That's not what Jesus called us to. Many years ago, they identified something, um, the difference in the way groups are structured. And a group can be a bounded group, and a group can be a centered group. And what's the difference, and why does it matter, and when are we getting to Scripture? We're getting there, I promise. We always do, right? But I want you to see something that Scripture actually identifies, not in these exact words. Because people are leaving churches in droves because too many churches have become bounded sets. And what does that mean? Bounded set is a collection of all objects which possess the defining characteristics which determine blah, blah, blah. The bottom line, a bounded set is defined by its boundaries. Too many churches have become defined by their boundaries. Membership is bounded, and a bounded set is determined by the members' likeness to each other. 
I belong to this organization because this organization is all Republican, or I belong to this organization because they are all Democrat. I belong to this organization because we all speak in tongues. I belong to this organization because we all have degrees. I belong to this organization because we're all black or we're all white, or I don't know. I don't think the church could handle, I don't think the world could handle an organization full of just redheads. I think it would be devastating. <laughs> or we'd all kill each other. I'm not sure. We'd conquer the world or, yeah, anyway. But you get it, right? It's defined by a thing. And everybody in that group has to be bought into that thing. Whereas a centered set, a centered set is a collection of objects moving towards a well-defined center. The bottom line is a centered set is defined by what's at the center. People are not defined by their likenesses to each other, but they're defined by their likeness to what's in the center. Church, this is who we should be. It shouldn't be about how much we're alike or how we vote alike or how we have the same skin color or how any of the things or how we pray. It should be defined by Jesus at the center of everything because when we are defined by our relationship with him, then we all move in the same direction then we all have unity, then we all work together. And sure, there's some subsets. Sure, there'll be a little group of redheads. We're gathering a group. I don't know if y'all have noticed that, but... No, just kidding. Well, I'm not kidding. We are. There are more. Anyway. Right? But there will be these little, uh, as my husband likes to call them, data points of subsets, right? There will be these little connection pieces but none of them will be warring against each other because they will all be moving towards the center, with it, which is Jesus. We will bring all our diversity, and that diversity doesn't vanish because it's moving towards Jesus. It actually stands out. It's actually positive. It actually strengthens the whole because we aren't connected or defined by all those other things, but by Jesus. And with Jesus... Can I tell you, if we're actually all moving towards the cross, then the things that are ripping apart our culture, the things that are tearing apart the fabric of our nation, don't tear us apart. You know what? We actually become stronger voices because when we're all looking at the cross, we can have conversations about all those things and it's safe. When we're all moving towards Jesus at the center, then we can talk about, relate to, and experience other people's opinions in a safe place. And we all become a better voice for the cross out in the world instead of tearing one another apart. Steve Deneff said that unfortunately in many churches, when something else becomes the agenda, the body of Christ disintegrates into colonies and tribes. And the world, instead of seeing a people that are known by their love for one another, the world sees tribal warfare. And can I tell you, it's just not okay? Can I give you some good news? That is not us. That is not what we have experienced in this last two years. That is not who we are. You guys are living out the sermon that I'm about to preach. Visitors and guests in the room, or if you're new to the church, I'm really excited because I did this kind of random thing Friday where I, or Friday or Saturday, maybe even some of them Saturday. I just sent out a text to about 15 people and said, hey, 
Wybridge Church for you. Actually, I'm going to read it because I don't want you guys to think I set them up with anything. Let me find somebody who responded to me here at the top. Um, here we go. Why Bridge Church? I'm doing some sermon research. Why Bridge Church for you? That's all the text said. And you're going to hear some responses as we go along with that because we need you guys to know why Christian community, but we also want to celebrate that we're living out Christian community and invite others into it. Amen. All right, so we are at Scripture. Are you guys ready to read with me? We're going to be in Ephesians 4 for our family online. Uh, we're going to start out with verses 1 to 6. I'm going to come over here. Good, no feedback. Awesome. And I want to invite you guys to read with me. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Centered sets. Centered community. Jesus, as our center point, brings the unity in everything that we do. Can I tell you guys, Jesus is the game changer. Like from post-Eden, when they get kicked out to now, Jesus is the game changer for everything that has happened in our faith. It's, it's a game changer, not just not just in now the whole world can come to God because really the invitation was there for that in the beginning, but in the way we come to God. Before Jesus, everybody had to come to the temple or the tabernacle when they were still wandering in the wilderness. Before Jesus, everybody had to physically come to a place, come to a thing. Before they had something they went to, were attached to something they did. After Jesus, we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and God comes to us. God dwells within us. We don't have to go to a place to do something. We are something. We are children of God. We are God's family. We are identified and indwelled by him. Y'all should be way more excited about that, but I know it's a little hard to grasp. So we're going to go old school and I'm going to do an object lesson. Okay? It's a pretty simple object lesson. Nobody be offended. I am not in any way saying Jesus is like, like, you know, they're not equal. Jesus and the object are not equal. Are we all good? Can I get an amen? Amen? Okay. All right. But an object lesson. Think back 40 years to your telephone if you're 40 years old. If not, enjoy the ride, right? <laughs> what was a telephone like 40 years ago? 40 years ago, on a wall, had a cord. 40 years ago was before cordless phones, y'all. Like, had a cord. You had to be connected to the wall and the cord. Okay, that's a part. Of, yeah, that, that was 40 years ago, but y'all lived in the middle of nowhere, so it's okay. Okay, so you had to wait your turn. 
there was one phone number in a household, and you had to wait your turn. And depending on your household, there was a phone, and it was in the middle of the house. And that meant your conversation was public knowledge to everybody. Like, remember you'd get the, I don't know if boys did this, girls, we would get those super long cords and stretch them like halfway across the house and hide in our bedrooms or get in a closet so we could talk to our girlfriends and nobody could hear. Do y'all remember when call waiting came out? Like, there was a beep and you could talk to somebody else. It was so cool. Like, and then connect two two calls, mine's blown. But everybody had to go to the phone. It was limited. Now, phones, they go everywhere with us. We can be 15 minutes from home and really twitch to decide if we happen to forget our phone, whether we go all the way back home to get our phone or not get our phone. Now, you aren't tied to a location. This is attached to you. You have connection with everybody. You can get a text message from one person and a phone call from another while you're getting a social media feed somewhere else. Like, it's all connected. We have access. And you know what else? The actual phone on this thing, the phone app is like the least used app on this entire little mini computer. Seriously, we don't even want to talk to people. We just want to text. Don't call me. I'm just going to text you, right? It connects us to everyone, everywhere. It doesn't just connect us. It gives us directions. It's how we drive to places. It tells us how to dress because what the weather is going to be like. Quite frankly, it tells us when to wake up and it tells us when to go to sleep. If we listened to Jesus half as much as we listened to our phones, we would be a completely transformed society. But it provides access. I have to understand that Jesus invited us into a saving relationship. We defeat sin and death because Jesus defeated sin and death. And in that, It wasn't enough to just give us that gift, but Jesus gave us access for everything to do with God. He gave us relationship instead of religion. And I have to tell you, when we have a relationship with Jesus and we're called to, then we are called to be in Christian community. We're called to be in a body of believers. Like the second half of the passage we read was all about unity in the body, but the first half was all about loving one another and supporting one another and what we gain from that. Hebrews 10.25 says, do not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more important as you see the day approaching because we are better together than we are alone. Some of the responses we got as we invite you into Christian community. Our pastors take a meaningful personal approach. I do not feel like a seat filler or that expectations are leveraged. Having a personal connection makes all the difference, knowing someone cares about you. Pastor Rick hasn't heard this yet. Something extra special I noticed later on is that Pastor Rick meaningfully says, I love you, when he may be the only person who says that among a sea of aloneness. Christian community is the solution to loneliness. Bridge Church is for me because of the shared vision of the church, the leaders, the volunteers, and the members. They're all unified 
We are taking the risk to go where the need is instead of where it may be comfortable. See, the first thing that we see in this passage in Ephesians 4 is that community provides connection with and in Christ. Now, we need connection with Jesus, and we need connection with each other. We good? I'm going to tell you there's a little part of this passage that goes and deals with a completely different theological issue. We're not going to tackle that today because it's not about community. So we're going to move through verses 7 to 10 and go back down to verse 11 as uh, Paul re-engages us on this topic of unity and maturity of Christian community. So go ahead and read with me. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Jesus at the center provides us eternal life and invites the body into the fullness of what that means. What we see here in this passage is the fivefold ministries, prophets, teachers, evangelists, pastors, shepherds, all those things. That's, that, hear me, God isn't identifying the lead team. He's identifying the body. That passage means that in this church, God will call People who are apostolic, they have a vision to charge forward. They're going to be our next church planters. They have the programs and the ideas and all the things in their minds for how to reach the world for Jesus in new and creative ways. We have the prophets who are going to be, the word of God says, but the word of God says, but Dr. such and such, but this study, no, the word of God says that Jesus will equip and empower you for this thing you're tackling. We have the teachers and the pastors, the people who shepherd. Y'all, we can't, Pastor Rick and I cannot shepherd the whole church. Like, we're smaller now and we can't do it. As we grow, we can't do it. But you know what? God has given at least one person with a shepherd's heart, a caretaker's heart, a care team member's heart for every eight or ten people in this room. That's how he's designed it. We need to be in Christian community because, one, we're one of those five-fold ministries. One of those five things is your strong suit. And God has called you here to be a part because people need your strong suit. Lord forbid only the apostolics come. We'll never actually accomplish anything. We'll be so busy looking at what's next. Thank you, Pastor Rick. You're needed. But it's not just that you're needed. It's that you need the rest of the body. Because I'm just going to tell you, from my own experience, an apostolic needs a shepherd pulling at their foot going, slow down, the people have to keep up. Wait, we have to be able to actually implement what you're leading us towards. We actually need to, no, remember, like, if I'm on my own, I'm off so many cliffs that I'm like neck brace and paralyzed. I don't even have the analogy, but like I, I'm going to jump off so many cliffs on my own without the rest of the body saying, no, wait. 
This is important. You see, <laughs> we weren't created to be on our own, and so we're not, if we're not in Christian community, then we're missing out on all the things that not only balance us, but bring us into the fullness and the maturity and the completion. We can do our own thing all day long, but if nobody's there to teach us anything else, we are never going to grow beyond the power of our own observation. I think I'm going to let that sit in a minute. Because none of us are God, none of us are Jesus, none of us have all the answers. And when we don't get into Christian community, then all we have to build our lives to grow on is the power of our own observation. And can I tell you, it's not enough. Why Bridge Church for me? I have to say it's a very open environment that brings peace and joy to everyone. It's truly about helping the community and sharing the word of God, not just by reading the Bible and saying what it says verbatim, but actually dissecting what it says and understanding the word and with that trying to lead our lives by the word and reflecting when we are not. Christian community provides instruction and it provides growth. Y'all, that's good stuff. <laughs> you ever feel unprepared for the test? You ever go to a class, like you go to a class at the gym or you go to a class at work, a training, and you realize like you are 15 steps behind everybody in the room and you're just not going to be able to do it? See, Christian community makes sure that's not how we feel in life. It makes sure we're ready and we're grown up. Ephesians 4, 14 and 15 says, there will no longer, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of the people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him that is Christ, the head. We need to be in Christian community because there are those out there full of deceitful scheming. Whether you are studying competing herds on African plains or whether you are studying military tactics, we make an assumption that the predator always goes after the weakest, and that is not true, is it, little girl? <laughs> I got you. See, you can't be, you're, you're helping me make my point. I'm not a predator, but the predator goes after the one that's isolated, that's off by itself that doesn't have a community around them. You see, deceitful scheming, you just want to stay with me? We can do that for a minute till you're squirmy and unhappy and then you're going back to mama. Can you say hi, Zena? All right. Pastor said, show me someone who is isolated and I will show you someone who is marked for attack. You see, on our own, we are vulnerable. On our own, we don't have anybody to have our six watch our back or be our battle buddy. Can't go through life like that. Anybody ever watching, like, anybody ever accidentally get sucked into one of those infomercials? She's actually not squirming, but I'm going <laughs> to. 
Anybody, nobody wants to confess they've actually been sucked into an infomercial at one time. For me, it was when the girl on one of the detective shows was doing the hair thing. That's when I got sucked in because she had great hair. Yeah, like you think, I'm not, and by the end of the infomercial, you just want to buy it. And you're like, wait a minute, that's the worst pillow ever. Why would I buy that pillow? I don't need a copper line skillet, but it sounds so good. And when we're isolated and alone, the enemy says, just do just this little thing. Eve, did God really say you'd die? I don't think you'll die. Together, we are stronger. We grow into a mature body and a mature limb. Truth and love, 1 John 1, I'm sorry, whew, 1 John 1, verses 6 and 7 if we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and we do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Truth in love is not about us attaining the absence of sin. We got to get that straight because there's a whole lot of legalism and a whole lot of bondage in that. Walking in the light isn't talking about an absence of sin the verse goes on to talk about our sins. Walking in the light and walking in the truth is talking about the absence of secrets. It's talking about the fact that we have to be willing to share with one another. If we're going to avoid the schemes of the enemy, if we're going to avoid getting tripped up by the world, if we're going to avoid the pitfalls, then church, we have to be willing to be honest with one another. We have to be vulnerable as someone said to, to share below the line of shame. Yeah. What do I mean by that? You see, there's a line of acceptable sin to confess to your friends. I'm really struggling with my marriage. I'm really struggling with how to do this or how to do that. I might really be struggling. You might even admit, I, I'm really struggling in my reading or my prayer life. I yelled at my kids today. Nobody wants to say, man, I'm really tempted to have an affair with this person. Or man, I, I'm stuck up in an affair. I, I got to get out of this. No one wants to say I'm really trapped in my addiction. No one wants to confess that I have a craving for something that God says is not good. You see, because we think we'll be rejected. We think it's not okay. It feels scary, and I have to tell you that it is absolutely okay. It's actually what God invites us to do. Because when we walk in the light, then we can link arms together, not in guilt and shame and condemnation, but in holding one another up, building one another up, being the battle buddy that says, nope, don't text that person. Nope, let me see your thread. Nope, how are you doing with that addiction? Did you make it 12 hours? Did you make it 24 hours? How can I walk beside you? Nope, let's not do that. Let me help you. Call me. You need to call me in the middle of the night, you call me in the middle of the night. You need to show up in the middle of the night, you show up in the middle of the night because I'm here for you. That's what God calls us to do. We do not risk being rejected in Christian community. We should not. And I can tell you here, you do not have to fear that. Christian community should be marked by courageous vulnerability 
because that vulnerability with each other is what protects us from attack. One of our families said, the sense of inclusion and welcoming from leadership throughout the church body is Bridge Church for me. Being loved towards holiness and righteousness. For the first time in my life, there's a desire to want to live right, not out of guilt or condemnation, but out of love, and being much more willing for God to lead me there. I certainly have far to go, but there's now a peace that in continued progression, I will get where God wants me to be, walking with others on this journey. Christian community provides protection and it provides accountability. This passage wraps up with Ephesians 4, 16. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Do you know how redwood trees work? Who knows what the redwood trees are? There's those massive trees in California, like you can drive your car through them, right? And you would think, man, those things got to be so deeply rooted. You know, you never see the huge redwood trees standing by themselves. The really, really, really tall ones are never alone. They're always in a cluster. You know what's amazing about those huge, massive trees? Their root system is super shallow. They don't have deep roots. That's why if they're alone, they never grow that tall because they can't sustain the storms and the rains and the fires and all the things. They have a very shallow root system that is completely interlocked and interwoven. It is in complete community with the other trees around it. And that makes it nearly invincible because those trees carry each other's burdens. And that helps them stand up to the storms, the floods, and the rains. Church and Christian community, we do that by standing on the shoulders of the saints who have gone before us and linking arms with the saints that walk beside us. We hold one another up whether we're having trouble in our marriages, whether we're having trouble in our health or our finances, we lock arms together, and in that, we withstand the storms. We withstand the rains. It was really interesting last year when we did Financial Peace University. She is good to go. When we did Financial Peace University, you never know how people are going to handle talking about their finances, right? And there's a lot of accountability in FPU. And depending on how transparent you are or choose to be, like you don't have to be, but the more transparent you are, the more vulnerable you are with where you're at in your finances, the more accountability and encouragement and cheerleading you get from the group. And y'all, people bared a lot of stuff in FPU, But you know what? We celebrated together as credit card debts were paid off, as people got out of debt, as their credit scores got better, and as they were no longer in bondage to money, but were using money to to what God called them to do and, and freedom and peace in their own lives. Can I tell you that two of the people in that class previously had read FPU, had read the book, had read the plan, and had never done a thing with it? It was because they were doing it together. You know you can't touch those drums, right? But see, that's why we're together, so I can save you from touching the drums. (laughs) Whether we're arguing with our spouse or we're maybe ranting on Facebook our political views in a way that's all about tearing the other person's views down instead of being a proponent for why we think we're right, 
whether we are struggling, whatever the struggle is. Truth and love comes from love. Goodness. Truth and love comes from love, and it doesn't come from judgment, and it doesn't come from guilt, and it doesn't come from shame. We are never weakened together. We are supported. Why Bridge Church for me? Honestly, it's the heart of everyone in the church. Thank you, ma'am. It's the heart of everyone in the church, the genuine love for people and accepting broken people and being a place of family and Jesus' love. Bridge Church, another person said, is a family. It's where I feel I can be authentically me. It's a place for me to heal, to learn, and grow. It is in, <clears throat> it's in people who are at different stages and phases of life coming together with the goal of growing in relationship with Jesus and encouraging others to come along. Christian community provides support and it provides strength. And what does all this matter to us as a church? Like, I hope you've gotten some really great nuggets that God's rooted in your heart that help you as an individual become part of a community. But all of that has been very prescriptive, has been very, this is what you do to live in community well. But what happens when we actually do it? Well, I can tell you we see pictures of this here and now and live, but I'm going to go scripture. <laughs> Because when this is lived out in the church, we have the, we have the first century church, the New Testament church of Acts 2.42, who devoted themselves to teaching and fellowship, the breaking of bread and prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. They continued to meet together daily in the temple courts. They continued to come to church, y'all. <laughs> But they also broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their numbers daily those who were being saved. Or as one of our members put it in our context, there's an individualized personal application, personal connection, a co-laboring culture, and a clear, applicable word that invites others in. When we actually live in the Christian community God's called us to be in and be a part of, we get back to that centered community, which is where when we work together, we aren't fighting with each other. Instead of fighting with each other and turning the world away, we're inviting each other in and inviting the world to us. When we do that, guys, then people don't leave the church in droves. The church becomes an attractive place to be. Our world is in this desperate epidemic of loneliness and they need an answer. And first and foremost, Jesus is that answer. Jesus calls them and calls us to be part of a body that holds one another up so that it is taught, strengthened, supported, loved. And while religion, legalism, and bickering destroy the church and drive the world away, authentic Christian community invites others in. For me, it's all about Bridge Church's desire to invest in the community, and the focus is not about filling seats, but taking the hope and love of Christ in tangible ways to real people who are going through real-life struggles. It's kind of a church answer but I have the opportunity to come alongside and be an encouragement. 
Bridge Church for me because the mission and vision to be a multicultural body and serve those who have felt overlooked lines up with what God put in my heart. And finally, that's easy because we leave the 99 for the one. Christian community provides invitation to a world that needs something more. We have an amazing couple that we got the chance to meet in, uh, at the 4th of July celebration that we did where we were there being present in the community, handing out water bottles and doing a lot. And they're an active, thriving part of our church. They actually greeted you at the door this morning. There they are. I was looking all around for Ricky and Julie. And Ricky said to me, y'all put something in that water. When we live in Christian community the way God called us to, we did put something in the water. It's Jesus. And we're that centered community where every one of our differences is welcome and is vital and important because we're all moving towards the center, which is Jesus. Can I read you guys one more? By the way, these quotes, these all ages, like broad spectrum of ages, races, socioeconomic, I did not ask all the 50-somethings to give me their good little answers. You have teens and 20-somethings and all, yeah. Bridge Church is for me because it is a safe place. There's no pretentiousness, no biggest, flashiest, best new thing ever. People are genuine and down to earth. I don't feel a sense of comparison or judgment. I feel welcomed. I feel loved. I feel like I can see people's hearts and they can see mine. I love that our church has a true heart for the community that it's in the midst of and that we actually take action and get involved with the people. I love that we listen for what the Lord is saying and that we don't have to be perfect and that you all love us enough to agree and to disagree and you accept us. We are a family. God called us to be a family. So today we invite you into community. We invite you into community first and foremost with Jesus Christ because he is at the center and if he is not at the center, then nothing else works. And then we invite you into this church community where we are not perfect and we disagree and we have a lot of growth that we need to do and we have issues and problems and struggles, but we have family and we have friends. We have people that have our six. We have battle buddies. And we are not ever alone. Would you stand and pray with me? Heavenly Father, God, as we celebrate today, as we celebrate what you've done in the last two years, God, we get to do that so completely, first and foremost, because of who you are, because you taught us how to be in relationship. You taught us how to serve sacrificially. You taught us how to pour it all out and leave nothing on the mat. You taught us that we are seen and known and loved by you. So God, if there's anybody in this room or online, Jesus, that doesn't know you as their personal savior, that hasn't 
accepted that gift of relationship with you that is still held back or stuck in a religion, then Holy Spirit, I ask that you would draw their hearts unto you. Accepting a relationship with Jesus is as simple as admitting that you're a sinner in need of a savior and believing that Jesus is the one who came to give you that salvation, came to free you from the bondage of sin and offer you eternal life. And accepting the gift, no strings attached, just a life of love and freedom and hope and hard work and things, but we're a life that never leaves us alone. And God, for those of us that have been the de-churched, the unchurched, the done-churched, for those of us that are curious about what a relationship with you even looks like, for those of us that have been walking for 40 years but are afraid to expose those unacceptable sins so that we can get help. Would you give us the courage to be vulnerable, to be supportive? Holy Spirit, hold back our tongues of judgment. Give us your eyes and your heart to see the needs within our walls and outside of our walls to meet the needs here in this room and to meet the needs out in the community. God, we thank you for the gift of Christian community where we can cry, we can laugh, where we can bring our burdens and where we can share our hopes, our fears, and our struggles without fear of condemnation and judgment. And God, today we thank you for giving us this community where we can celebrate. We can celebrate with our military partners. We can celebrate with Chaplain Whalen and our military families. We can celebrate with our Black Box family, Michelle Talkington and her family, where we can celebrate together with Mark and Clarity all that you are doing and all that you have yet to do. Jesus, will you always and forever be at the center of Bridge Church? You continue to give us open doors to let people know, give us opportunities to show people, not tell them. Words are only words, to show them that they are seen and known and loved by you. It is in your mighty and matchless name, Jesus. The church together said, amen and amen.